ComC is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 27 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComC account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time and ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComC marketplace. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards, one word, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn about offers, promotions, and more at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. Today's going to be a little bit different. It's been a while since we did an episode kind of like this. Instead of an interview guest, instead of one specific topic, I'm going to do kind of a grab bag episode today. There's been a few things that have been on my mind over the last couple weeks, a few questions that I've been asked via social media and in person at our local show the other day, and and I've been thinking about a a few things that I thought maybe I'd just get off my chest or have a little conversation with myself about. You all can listen in, see if you agree with me, see if you think I'm crazy, see if you think I'm paranoid, whatever it might be. I don't know, but there's a few hobby-related topics that I want to cover today, and so that's what we're going to do. The first one happened just this morning. I'm recording today. It's Sunday, February 20th. I had an opportunity to go look at a collection this morning. And it was a collection that had been referred to me by one of my other friends who just didn't have the the time or the capacity to, to deal with and intake and process a new collection. And so he passed on this guy's information. And I reached out, had a little conversation. Turns out that the guy had purchased this collection from somebody else, another acquaintance that he knew, and uh, he wasn't really a collector. He didn't really care about the memorabilia and, and decided he just wanted to go ahead and move this on. And it was more memorabilia than it was cards. And, and that was the first thing. I'm not as as well-versed in the memorabilia and autographs and jerseys and, and antique memorabilia type things as I am with cards, but I've done a little bit with that. You know, I've showed some of the ticket stubs, some of the old pins and programs and promotional items and things like that. So it piqued my interest. We decided to set up a time today and I and I drove um, up to meet him and, and take a look at some of this stuff. There were two or three unauthenticated Mickey Mantle autographs, one on a glove, on a ball, and one on a photo. There were several Ron Santo autographs, of some Ernie Banks autographs, and only one of these autographs, this autographed Ernie Banks jersey, was authenticated by a reputable authentication company. Others just had kind of the local shop or the local show, somebody saying this is authentic, nothing that you could really count on. There was some Babe Ruth underwear. There was a Babe Ruth underwear box. There are a lot of smalls, you know, pins and programs and photos and things that were probably in the the $15 to $20 range and a few potential big items in there, right? But there are these memorabilia things that would all need to be authenticated before you could really 
recoup any kind of top dollar. From a card perspective, there was a 68 mantle that wasn't in great condition. It had a, a small crease and some rounded corners, but there was a 56 banks. There was a, a, a few other pretty nice, I guess, um, 50s and 60s cards. But but in general, the cards, there was probably only a, a dozen cards from the 50s and 60s that probably totaled maybe $300 worth based on the condition that they were in. But I was interested in the overall collection because I still thought there would be something that I could do with it. Even as is, I think there was a, a decent amount of stuff there. And if you went through the process of getting things authenticated, there could be even more. So I was a little bit excited about what this might entail for me. And I was hoping that I'd be able to make a deal with the guy and bring it home. What he had said, he started this conversation with the fact that he didn't really collect and didn't really care about it. And then he told me the story about how he even found it was that the guy that he bought it from had a kegerator that he wanted that he went in and talked the guy down like half price of what he was looking for from like six or seven hundred dollars down to three hundred bucks. And I'm like, all right, if that was the case, you probably got a good deal on this. We went on. I had a figure in mind of what I'd be willing to, to take a chance on it at. And he ended up telling me once we got talking, he's like, yeah, he's like, I don't know. It was kind of a whim. He's like, but I'm into this for 12 grand. And so I'm going to need more than that for it. And that was well over what I thought it was worth. I think maybe if things play out, all things according to plan, he might get that and maybe even make a little bit on it if everything came back purely authentic um, and he found the right buyers and that type of thing. But boy, my heart just dropped because I was excited. Based on the story that he told me, I thought he was going to say he bought this this collection of stuff for five hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or something like that, and um, that there might be an opportunity for us both to make some money on it. But he didn't, and I couldn't get that price out of him before on the call when I was talking with him. He wouldn't give me that number till I went and showed up in person, and you could almost see his stomach drop too when I when I gave him the price that I would be willing to pay. And it was quite a bit less than than he had paid. And um, I, I think it was a lesson for, for both of us, right? Is you just never know. Even though I would have loved to have this really cool collection of memorabilia, it would have been so fun to research and go through. You can't always get what you want. And from somebody, from his perspective, he's not a collector. He's not well-versed in this memorabilia. To go out and spend what he spent on this was probably a punch in the gut and a lesson to him that, man, I, I'm probably not going to do as well as I thought I was going to do on this collection. And so for both of us, we both kind of left with a sour taste in our mouth, not at each other necessarily, but just how the overall situation played out. So that's one of those that, that's fresh on my mind today. I was real excited that I was driving up there to go meet up with this gentleman but at the end of the day, it just wasn't going to work out. It wasn't going to make sense um, for me to, to take that step. And so you can't always get what you want. And so that's that's the opening story today. The second thing that I want to talk about is Top Series 1. And we'll talk a little bit more about that after I tell you about Underdog Collectibles, the online shop run by Collectors for Collectors that breaks new product every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday night. You can see what they're going to be breaking this week when you go to their website at udogcollect.com. You can also visit them at their brick and mortar shop in Knoxville, Tennessee, where they have a full selection of wax, singles, and you can even watch some of those breaks live there in their shop. So check out udogcollect.com and tell them Wax Pack Hero sent you.
All right, so Top Series 1 released this week with much excitement, with much fanfare. Everyone loves when Series 1 comes out. This year, there's a little bit of a damper on it. There's the whole labor dispute, the the lockout, and the the negotiations that may or may not be happening with a season that may or may not start on time. It's looking worse and worse every day when it starts on time. And that was one of the first things that I that came to me that frustrated me is that we're in this situation now again where we've got owners and players arguing over money, which is all being paid for by fans. For the last several decades, every year, ticket prices have gone up. Cable packages have gone up. The cost of being a fan has gone up. And every time the, the, the teams make more profit, the league makes more profit, and players get paid higher salaries, they can argue back and forth about who gets it on the front end, but it's always the fan paying it on the back end. And that frustrates me. And so I, for one, am not all that opposed to the league, the players, and these teams feeling some pain. I hope that there are some fans who get frustrated about what's going on, and they say, forget it, I'm canceling my cable package, or I'm not going to any more games, or I'm only going to go to one game instead of season tickets, whatever it might be. I hope that some of these players, teams, and the league starts to feel some pain for the decisions that they're making, and that fans get sick and tired of carrying the weight of all of this money on their backs, them being the ones who always has to pay more for every vehicle of them being a fan. And so that was one of the, the little frustrations that I had. And and for one, you know, there's a lot of people hoping this stuff ends and the season starts on time. I hope it doesn't, quite frankly. And I hope that the MLB loses some fans and loses some revenue because of it. Because maybe, maybe just maybe, that's what it's going to take for fans to speak with their wallets for some of this kind of stuff to get under control and for it to be affordable to be a fan again. So you may disagree with me and that's fine. Just wanted to get that perspective out there. But secondly, from a Series 1 perspective, we just came off a couple years where we have had a hard time finding product to open. And when we could find it, the prices of that sealed product were through the roof because the demand far exceeded the supply that was available. From what we've seen so far, Tops really increased the supply or is increasing the supply available of Series 1 this year. And for me, I think that's great. There should be plenty of product available in the hands of collectors as we go throughout the season that anyone who wants to open this should be able to open this. And I think that's great. Now, there's some collectors who are bemoaning the fact that the production levels have increased so high and that the cards are going to be worthless. And I say, which is it? Do you want cards available for all these collectors so that the growing number of collectors we have in the hobby have enough cards to open and can get exposed to what collecting is all about? Or do you want really expensive cards? Because you can't have it both ways with every product. I, As I've said before, I think there should be some products, Topps Flagship being one of them, where it is printed to the moon, where anyone who wants it can get it. It's a base-level product. It's an entry-level product. It's meant to wet the whistle and introduce collecting to anyone. But that doesn't mean every product needs to be printed to the moon. There's still plenty of products that can be produced by Tops and Panini that have limited print runs that can be more of the quote-unquote investment-grade type cards. So my, my take is quit complaining. We can't have it both ways. Not with every product. If we want a growing number of collectors in the hobby, we need to have product available for them to collect. 
At the same time, we can still have limited print run products that are available for the investment type grade cards, the more limited cards with the super high-end autographs or the super high-end relic pieces. And that's okay. It's okay to have some of both. But stop the complaining about every little thing in the hobby. All right, next topic. I am getting old. Ryan Cracknell made a tweet earlier this last week that he said, hey, I hope all you guys realize that from 2022 to 1987 is the same amount of time that 1987 was to 1952. And I thought about that, and that just made me old. When I was collecting in 1987, those original 1952 Topps cards seemed ancient. It seemed like so long ago that those cards were printed. And we're at the point now where the cards that we're buying today are 25 years newer than those cards in 1987. Those kids that are buying these cards in 2022, it's the same for them when they think back to cards that uh, from 1987 and that just makes me feel old and that just makes me feel kind of crazy of that perspective of the first 25 years to the last one the most recent 25 years what we've encountered and what the hobby has has seen come and go in that period of time It, it just is amazing and it just adds a little perspective so shout out to ryan for for tweeting that out there uh for making me feel old yet again and I think the last thing that I want to cover today is a thank you and a shout out to Tops for finally making it right with my outstanding Sammy Sosa redemption that had been pending for, for several years now. Um, some back and forth with them, some frustration that I had early on. Then they finally agreed to give me a replacement, and I'm very happy with the replacement that I got for my archive snapshot Sammy Sosa auto that I was supposed to get. I ended up getting a Max Freed Finest Rookie Refractor Auto, a Allen and Ginter Mini Wally Joiner Auto, and the bigger card in that was a Jared Kalanick Bowman's Best Prospect Auto. The Prospect Auto isn't worth quite as much as the Rookie Auto, but I'm not complaining. It's an earlier auto of Jared Kalanick. It's a nice on-card Bowman's Best Auto. So very happy with what I received from Tops as a replacement substitution for the Sammy Sosa. So I wanted to say thank you to Tops for coming through and providing a replacement for that card. And I'm very happy with, with what I got. So thanks again to Tops for that. The Sports Card Shop is your small town local card shop with the global reach located in New Buffalo, Michigan. The shop is one of the most accessible in the Midwest. In addition to being an authorized Panini Direct Dealer, the Sports Card Shop carries all major trading card brands, including Tops, Upper Deck, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and more. With all that new wax, a half million singles, and showcases full of graded cards, you're sure to find something great for your collection, whether you're just starting out or a seasoned collector. The Sports Card Shop is your one-stop shop. So call us, come see us, or visit us on the web and social media. Our phone number is 269-469-0140. Website is thesportscardshop at moco.com. The Sports Card Shop is part of the MoCo Retail Group, connecting sports, the hobby, and people around the world. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little peek into my mind. I just wanted to give a little perspective on some of the things that I've been thinking about over the last couple weeks. Let me know what you think by reaching out on Twitter at the Mike Summer, sending me an email at waxpackhero at gmail.com, 
or looking me up on Instagram or TikTok at Waxpack Hero. Well, that is all I have for you today. So I'll catch you next time.